Hey everybody, welcome to the Stock Car Spectacle. I'm Ian Jordson. Hey Campbell. I'm Nick Kinsel. I'm Connor Bunn. And we have a special guest today, Dakota. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hey everybody, I'm Dakota Rutledge, aka NASCAR Baby, and I'm glad to be on the show. <laughs> Alright man, hey, uh, tell us a little bit how you got into NASCAR. Holy moly, before I get started on this journey, let me just rip this celebratory <laughs> Kevin Harvick win brew. Uh, a strong brew dad. of monster energy, ladies and gentlemen. My dad always watched racing when I was little and stuff, and I always grew up watching it back in the late 90s and early 1000s. And then finally, you know, one time he thought I was old enough to go to the track, so he took me, and I guess I was like, I was seven or eight, I think I was eight. And um, in 2001, we went to Atlanta, and I remember, I remember the first car I walked out and saw, the first car I saw was Mark Martin go by in practice. I was like, oh, I like that car. And I, va- I vaguely remember seeing Kevin at that time, but I remember the race because we were at the race and we were sitting on the back stretch and Kevin won. And of course, it was a huge moment, but Kevin won. And I was like, oh man, that guy's cool. But then, of course, with Dell, he liked junior stuff. And then, so I, I was hooked at that moment and I started going to races. And me and my dad, you know, he was single raising me and it was just a passion we had. And we went to races every year. Uh, we probably went to about five or seven races every year all in the South. And uh, I just, once he got too old to want to go, I, he passed the torch and I started going all the time. All right. Yeah. Very cool, man. All right, guys. So how about we start off with our diecast of the week? Dakota, why don't you start us off, bud? Oh, man. Well, in honor of the weekend that just passed and how unfortunate it was, I figured I would uh, do a classic throwback to uh, 2018 atlanta winner race version i haven't took it off the box i feel like i left it on there it's a clean simple race version no no crazy stuff but it's got some you know rubber on the hood and everything and looks clean but uh i figured in honor of atlanta i would i would throw this one out there for y'all all right there you go all man right. not bad not bad all right connor what you got um so I, I grabbed two today out of my collection when i was a kid so i'll give you guys the uh I'll give Kevin Harvick the nod. I went with his uh, RCR 21 Hershey's Pelon Pelo Rico machine in the Bush Series. (laughs) Didn't he run that Mexico? Yeah. I I don't know where he ran this thing. I I vaguely remember getting this, but um, I don't know. But I always thought this was a sweet looking Xfinity or Bush Series right at the time. But my (laughs) second one is uh, probably might be one of my favorites in my collection. It's Steve Park, 1999, Homestead, Miami, Pennzoil wow. machine. Uh, I think I came across this at like a flea market when I was a kid. But, uh, man, I saw this when I was like, man, that's a cool-looking car. And I think I paid way too much for it at the time, or my parents paid way too much for it at the time, considering they go for like 30 bucks now on eBay. But um, that's a classic, man. Couldn't beat it. Dude, move oh, over, yeah. Bubba Wallace. Look at the teeth on that bad boy. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Teeth on this thing. That was sweet. Man. Solid. Hell yeah. Appreciate All right, it. Mike, what you got? Okay, boys. So, you know, moments before we decided to come on the air, NASCAR put out the uh, the new starting lineup for our Martinsville yeah. race on Wednesday. And what better way to bring in the number 12 of Ryan Blaney with his uh, Daytona dual winning car from 2018. Um, one of the infamous Black Friday deals Nick and I talk about oh so much. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, one of my favorites. I don't know why, right. but I feel like Blaney's highlighter yellow cards are real hit or miss, and that one was a hit for me. I love the red numbers on that car. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good-looking right, race car. What you got? 
All right. Well, I went a little different this week. I have a 2004 Dale Earnhardt Jr. Bud Shootout car. Wow. on the car, born on the date, February 7, 2004. I was going through some boxes today, and then I found this bad boy. It's definitely my dad's that he just left here, but I don't think I'm going <laughs> to give it back to him. <laughs> and, I brought, <laughs> and I brought this car out because I heard this guy might be driving a race car this weekend or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. I totally so, yeah. forgot about that. Trip down memory lane oh. for sure. You finished second in this race, and it's just a badass car for sure. I remember Daytona that year. It was so it was so fun to watch, those speed weeks. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. So for my diecast of the week, I have to bring out my first ever diecast that I have ever gotten. My dad wow. got this for me when I was probably like four or five years old. Uh, it's Kevin Harvick's uh, Tasmanian Devil car. It was for the uh, Monte Carlo 400 at uh, Richmond hey. Richmond Raceway. Uh, I think he might have picked this up at Michigan Speedway. Hey, all right. There you I go. I only got, got the 164. There you <laughs> go. Yeah, I think my dad got this for me at, like, Michigan Speedway or something. And I've had this sitting in my room ever since I was a little kid. So I uh, had to bring out my first ever diecast. Heck, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have vivid memories of racing with and against that car on NASCAR 2002, <laughs> the video game. Oh, yeah. That's a classic, <laughs> man. I still break that bad boy out from time to time. I think the driving of that game was way ahead of its time. And the paint schemes are just unreal. So many people had like seven, eight, nine paint schemes from a game from 2002. Like every car had like eight to ten paint schemes. And you didn't exactly. have to pay extra for it. No, no I mean, you had to lock one or two, but uh, those were the good old days when you had to actually – you know, beat the game, the game to get stuff, not buy everything. So, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy how, uh, you know, what money can get you in real life and racing. And it's crazy what money can get you in video games. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good I like it. All right, guys. So let's get into the, Oh, what happened to you, Nick? You all good? Good. Phone fell. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. So let's get into Atlanta Motor Speedway. We had the Truck Series race. It was the Vettix Camping World 200. We had Christian Eckes start on the pole from a random drawing. And uh, some notables in this race, we had Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, and John Hunter Nemechek. They were entered into this race. Uh, and then we got six to go in stage one. Uh, guys, we got a fox running on the track. This isn't the first time that this has happened this year. <laughs> I think uh, I think Mother Nature is trying to send a message to Fox Sports. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, so, you just never know what you're going to see in the truck series, man. That's almost uh, not even that odd an occurrence in that uh, that racing series. You always so, get something wild in the trucks. Right. Fox on Fox Sports, so we, now we're going to see a Peacock come on once we get, we get free time. Yeah, I better see a Peacock run across Indy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, and then we got uh, uh, Kyle Busch. He goes on to win stage one. Surprise, surprise. He's uh, He's got Whoopee. a fast truck. <laughs> And we get nine to go in stage two. And we got Austin Wayne self stopped on the exit of turn four. Chase Elliott and Kyle Busch, they were running for the lead there. And they almost got together. They almost got into Angela Ruck there. Thank God everyone slowed down and got out of the way. Oh, it 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 looked like it was going to be messy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was definitely, I was nervous. I was nervous for Angela Ruck holding the bottom there. It was 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 only going to take one little slip for her to take out both Elliott and uh, and Kyle Busch. And then it was going to. He, all hell was going to break loose. Can you imagine yeah, if Kyle right. didn't make the gap and hit the wall? If he just hit hit that truck, how hard that would have been? I, can't I wouldn't put it past him. Like, oh. Did you guys happen to catch any of the audio 
from that part of the race? No. Uh, there was a part in the race where uh, Kyle's crew chief said something to him about, hey, you're racing Angela Ruck here. And he made a comment back like, oh, man, this is my life goal to be racing against freaking Ruck. And then he made a comment <laughs> back like, hey, man, at least she didn't speed on pit road. And then he's like, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I was I, I was going back and forth with somebody on Twitter over that, and I was listening to the 51 radio the whole time, and I never heard that conversation. So I don't know if I, like, was toned out and just zoned out during that, but I don't I don't recall ever hearing that from Danny Stockton and, and Kyle Busch. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I was going nuts, but I don't I wouldn't put it past Kyle <laughs> Busch, but I didn't hear it. So, but it sounds like something Kyle would say. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And we get Rowdy. He he goes on to win stage two, and we get five to go in the race. And we have Chase Elliott spinning out in, in the exit of turn two. Just something I really didn't see coming out of this race. So uh, he brought out the caution there. Those tires, man, that's Atlanta for you. Tears up those tires. And then we get Austin Hill. He was leading the race. Uh, he took the lead on the restart with two to go. But unfortunately, Mr. Grant Enfinger went to beat him out, and he went to get his second win of the season, making that his fourth truck career win. So, guys, that was, that was a crazy ending to the race right there. Dude, I hated it for Austin Hill. Just be, like I'm not a huge Austin Hill fan, but he's from Georgia and like Atlanta, and he was he had that thing wrapped up before that caution came out, and I was like, oh man, it's cool for him. But then the caution came out, and I was like, oh crap! And Grant Enfinger just stole that thing on the outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that should have been Austin Hill's race, man. But I will say this: I think Austin Hill is going to be one to watch this year. I said that in our preview of the season show back in February. The kid ended the season strong last year, and he should have had that win had Chase Elliott not brought out the caution. But wins are going to come for the 16 truck yeah. this season. Oh, he's going to be the top contender for the championship this year, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll definitely be there. Um, but, you know me, I'm, I'm a Thor sport guy, so it's pretty cool to see Grant get the win. Grant, I'm still not convinced, isn't the illimate child of uh, Ward Burton or maybe his little brother or something. <laughs> Just like Ward, you can't understand a word old Grant Fanger says. But I love him. He's a good dude. I met him a couple times. So good to see I'm him win. Good to see Thor sport running good again. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, Grant Grant stole him stole him another one this year. It seemed like he uh he stole one at Daytona and he definitely uh, he definitely stole one uh, at Atlanta. But hey, you got you got to put yourself in positions to be able to capitalize on that. So kudos to him. Yep. Hey, and that's big for his uh, fourth career win. And what Austin Hill? He's got about four or five wins now, right? Yeah, something like that. Because he got four wins yeah. last year, I believe. I think yeah. so. Well, oh, yeah, it ended good for Grant Infinger. It didn't end very well for Johnny Sauter. Got DQ'd, and he almost got a huge penalty for that tire. Like, they were saying the maximum pen penalty, he would have lost 75 points, which would have put him 65 out of the chance, out of the playoffs. Wow. wow. Nuts. He got lucky there. And the funniest thing to me about it was he got disqualified from 17th. So whatever <laughs> you were trying to get away with really didn't work all that well. No, no. Were y'all were y'all there at Iowa last year when uh, he lost all his religion on Austin Hill? And just no, that him? was the first Iowa weekend. Me and Ian were at the second one, but I remember watching that. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> then he got suspended for a who took over for him the next race? I can't remember. Mike Snyder. 
Oh, I think it was my. Uh, yeah, I think it was my because my was an odd man out with the way everything kind of played out with Sauter becoming the free agent and wanting to bring him back. So yeah, Myatt, he was running was like NASCAR 13th. Europe. Yeah. Yeah. So Myatt was in. Uh, yeah, he was running there when Sauter was gone when he went back over. And uh, yeah, once they brought him back, he uh, he did like a sports car thing, NASCAR Europe a little bit, and was still yeah, technically under contract with Thor Sport, ran select races. Okay. All right, guys. Yeah. So uh, let's get into the Xfinity Series race at Atlanta. It was the Echo Park 250. It was a dash for cash race, so we did not have any cup drivers entered in for this one, except for the retired cup driver of A.J. Allmendinger and the 16 of Colleague Racing. Uh, we get the nine of Noah Gregson. He goes on to win the pole from a random drawing. Uh, and then we get a caution for Tommy Joe Martin. It just seems like there's been so much bad, bad luck, luck for Tommy. Tommy. Yep. That sucks for him. Lap 17 just spins out, hits the wall on the back stretch. Yeah, just bad luck Tommy, man. Not working out well for him lately. Yeah, you know, he's he's had races where he's run really well, like Charlotte, and then at the end it just, you know, mass chaos seems to ensue and he gets taken out. And you, it sucks to see, especially for a guy like him racing for a small team, you know, they don't have all the money in the world and don't have all the, you know, chassis in the world too, so – um, to see him kind of get, you know, the crap into bad luck or any luck, it just, it sucks to see, especially when he's got a lot of potential and, um, when you know he can run up front when you give him a good car. Right. All right, guys. And then, uh, a bad move for Austin Sendrick early. He pits, he takes tires, losing his extra set of tires for the end of the race. Just not a good move by him and his pick What are you crew. doing, man? They got yeah. a stage win. Yeah, yeah, they got two stage yellow. wins, but you, you, you want know. that you want that you final know. stage win. Especially right. at a place like Atlanta where like you know the tire where like the fall off is gonna be through the roof. Like what was it like after seven laps they just started going crazy? Yeah, like so, a second off. Yeah. Seven and if laps. you ever watch the Xfinity races, you know there's almost always some kind of late yellow within the last twenty laps or so. So in that situation, everyone else is coming to get in a, a last pair of tires that you don't have, which is basically like race suicide. Like it's over <laughs> for you at that point. You better just hope that you stay out and don't drop back as much as you think because everyone else is gonna be coming and coming fast. Exactly. You know, one, one thing that one thing that sucks about the Xfinity uh, Young Guns, I guess, is, you know, the, the final stage, they had like one set of tires left if they saved them up, um, if they saved that setup. But, you know, for the cup race yesterday, at the beginning of the last stage, they s- still had three sets setting or excuse me, they had uh, still had five sets, five fresh uh, four tires left sitting in pit road that they could have used. And I'm pretty sure at the end of the race, they had like three sets that they didn't even use just laying there. So that sucks for the young guys in Xfinity, especially the guys who aren't quite sure how to manage their tires yet and burn through them fast. Cause you know, you do that and you're, you're just left with a uh, with stick or I mean with uh, scrubs at the end of the race, then, you know, it's going to make for a long stage. So that kind of sucks for them, but um, yeah, you can't make that mistake. If you're uh, if you're all sincere, better, better race strategy is what they needed. Oh yeah. I feel like you would it would just be common sense not to use your tires that right. early, man. You, th- right. you would think. Yeah, but you know yeah. what though? Even with that being said, uh there is something to be said about winning some stages though, because those stage points and playoff points are invaluable. We saw some guys like uh especially in the cup, she's like Kyle Bush hoarded them bad boys last year and look how well that did for him. 
Uh, Denny Hamlin won a boatload. I mean, you do well, you get those stage points and the playoff points, especially the playoff points, you ride those deep into the season. So yeah. you get an opportunity to pick those up. It's not the worst move. I mean, obviously it didn't pl- play well in the end for him, but, you know, invaluable points there too. So that, there is a trade-off. Those so far in the playoffs. Right. Absolutely. Kyle Bush to Homestead last year. <laughs> yep. You didn't need a win in the playoffs. All right. Not one bit. All right, guys, we got 10 to go in stage one. Or wait, let, we got 10 to go in stage two, excuse me. Uh, we got Riley Herps bringing out the caution, spinning himself out. Old terrible Herps does it again. Uh, guys, do you think that this guy belongs in the 18? I just feel like this is weekly that we're talking about something that Riley Herps did. Uh, yeah, every week we're talking about this kid, and it's not good. He's kind of like our Brandon Jones last year. I, I was rookie. just going to say he looks like Brandon Jones a couple years ago. I, I get like rookie mistakes, but seat. holy crap, every single week, Jesus, man. Oof. Yeah, yeah, Joe doesn't – Joe Gibbs doesn't wait around, wait around long, uh, especially for you to, to get it together. I understand that he's got a bunch of money behind his name and stuff too, but that 18 – team in the Xfinity series full-time has just been established and it probably doesn't have the massive amount of funding as the cup series does so obviously there's a little leeway there you know for guys like Suarez there was obviously some leeway a because he had backing from Harris b because it's the cup series and you just got a little bit more money that you're pumping into it um with the 18 car being you know a freshly full-time ride in the Xfinity series I don't think Joe's really gonna wait around long i mean after all it is the xfinity series and you know it is those three cars there maybe with the exception of brandon jones are rotational rides you know harrison burton's not gonna be in that 20 forever the you know brandon jones will probably be in the 19 until he's 55 (laughs) 18 is is a rotational ride so it's like if you're not if you're not gonna perform in there somebody else is gonna get it right in and, and do your job way better than you are so um i am getting a little worried about riley uh, I know he's got a lot of money behind him, but uh, you can't wait. A, you can't wait around long for guys who are, you know, wrecking the car every week. I remember when they put him in the eighteen. I was like, "What? Like Riley 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 Herps in the eighteen? Like, you know, usually kind of guys do a truck season here, one or two, and then oh, they're probably gonna go to JRM or they're gonna go to Gibbs and Xfinity. But then it's just like, yeah, we're putting him in the eighteen. It was like with Monster. What the hell? After yeah. a couple full seasons in Arca, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when you're starting, when you when you're starting a, uh, or I guess not starting, but when you're elevating a, an Xfinity team like that to a full time level, the main thing behind it, number one, is funding. And so you go to the guy who has the most funding and who can, you know, bring sponsorship to the table for you know twenty two or how many, however many races are in Xfinity. So it made sense on a funding aspect, but whatever whatever made sense. Uh, and the financial aspect is biting them in the in the fab shop. Um, dare I say? <laughs> dare I say? Ricky Stenhouse Jr. 2.0 in the making here. Oh, oh no! Is, is that oh. two weeks in a row we've uh, accused somebody being Stenhouse 2.0? <laughs> I think so. We're getting ruthless, guys. Yeah, we're we're getting mean, guys. That's that's just a terrible <laughs> thing to say. Oh, terrible hurts. Uh, I get it. He's terrible hurts, man. Ah. <laughs> All right, and then Austin Sindrick using those tires. He goes on to win stage two. And then we get a caution on lap 98 for the 92 of Josh Williams getting spun by uh, good old Joe Graff Jr., man. Joe Graff not follows half the stock car spectacle on social media now. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Or Joe I feel Graf like they going their suicide following, like, follow this guy, follow this guy, follow this guy. Like, trying to boost That's what those, some of these people do. They'll go on a huge follow spree in hopes that you'll follow them back, and then they'll, they'll just unfollow you. Yeah. So yeah. that you're clout. Get them. Instagram clout. I was lying to myself thinking maybe Joe Graff watched an episode or two of the Stock Car Spectacle and thought we were good. But go ahead. You guys just squash our dreams. That's cool, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I'm that. with you on the on the suicide follows. So Joe Graff actually followed me today on Instagram. So when I'm able to go to the track again and I see you, Joe Graff, you better know me by name and face before I introduce myself. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, guys, and then the dinger, he finally does it. He gets it done on an oval. Uh, his celebration when he got out of his car was great. He's like, I, I, I love my wife, I love my kids, and I love you, Chris Rice. He kissed the camera. That, that was a great moment. I love What a good pick. Who picked him on a spectacle last week? Ah. It would be you. Nick's the pick guy. He took advantage of uh, the victory the of – Freaking Allgaier, Briscoe, and Cindric all getting sent to the back. So he just took advantage. And good for AJ, though, honestly. Getting his first one on an oval, that's awesome to see. I think they should put AJ Allmendinger full-time in that Xfinity car. Yeah. And I think he's going to call it racing the championship. Fast. Yeah, I think, yeah, every time he's in the car, he, he's going for race wins. So why not put him in full-time? It would be awesome to see. He could definitely win call it a championship. If AJ's got the will to do it and want to run a full season, why would you not? I mean, he's proving that he's a force in this car, and this car is, is exceptional. It right. seems like every time you see him driving that that car, he he's up front, he's leading laps, he's making things happen. Um, and here's an oval win for AJ, which is, you know, a rarity in itself. So, yeah, I think uh, his Xfinity stock is definitely rising, and – colleague would uh, definitely be smart to offer him a full-time ride and guys he finally passed inspection yeah hey. i think it's uh i think it's worth mentioning too this uh this coming wednesday at martinsville he will be on standby for austin Dillon. so i think that's worth mentioning as well and he's running homestead this coming up weekend in for dad well, oh yeah yeah, uh, yeah, Austin Dillon's wife is supposed to give birth pretty soon. Okay, cool. Yeah, she's expecting soon, so he's on relief. That'd be cool. And so what a track for, that would for, be for AJ as well. AJ's a freaking ringer at Martinsville, so. Yes, he is. He's going to be fast there if he gets the opportunity. Oh, yeah. And, guys, Noah Gregson, he's $100,000 richer with uh, coming in second place and winning the Dash for Cash. Of course, you know. 75% of that goes to the team, but still, he gets a quarter of that, so that's good for him, good for the team. Uh, hopefully they can make that car a lot stronger, a lot faster than it already is. Yeah, it's good for you. You and your boy can go out and get a nice bite to eat one day soon. <laughs> so. Can you imagine yeah, just having I... 25 grand deposited in your bank account like because of where you finished in a race? I'll crazy. take it. Yeah, yeah it must if be I'm, nice. If I'm, if I'm 21 years I'm... old. <laughs> if I'm if I'm Gregson, I'm going straight to Mr. H's house with that check and saying, "Look, Mr. H, look what I got. I got money." Look what I and can kind do. of kind of put the pressure on him a little bit because we already know the funding's there for the 48, and they just need they just need a driver. But you know, more money is always better. So uh, you know, I'm taking it straight to Mr. H's office and uh, applying a little bit of pressure there. And Noah's a good guy to bring in those sponsors. He's already brought in so many for the past year. Yeah. All right, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say I always wonder if it's Noah or if it's like JRM Motorsports pulling pulling some strings. Yeah. Probably a little bit of both. 
And just to piggyback off what Connor said, though, if I'm Noah, yeah, obviously, first and foremost, I'm campaigning hard to get that 48 right. I just, on a personal thing, I don't think he's quite ready for the Cup Series yet. I think he still needs at least one more year of seasoning in the Xfinity Series. Um, You know, he, he still has shown times where he's driven a little over his head. Um, which again, most young drivers do not to knock them for it. But at the same time, I think you, you do that in the cup series is a little different than doing the Xfinity series. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Joey Logano a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> take, yeah. Take another year. Really, really establish yourself. Maybe have a year, a year where you get four or five wins, you know, then, uh, then you'll be looking prime. So. Right. Yeah. I, th- I think he needs a little more seasoning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wouldn't hurt. We don't want another uh, William Byron or Daniel Suarez kind of situation. William Byron won a championship before he went up. Yeah, yes, but now. Yeah, but look what he's doing now. Yeah, hey, he's up. That, that hey, is a I, damn. I like William Byron, but damn dude, he has not shown results ain't his, there, man. Results well, ain't there. Like I like that the goes kid, for but Chase god Elliott, damn. Eric Jones probably gonna be Christopher Bell. Chase I mean, Elliott, the boys all, got seven wins. It takes them two I, three years to get going. Daniel Suarez, I mean, they take, I, it, it takes them about three years. He's screwed now. He's get not getting any comebacks. <laughs> my, defense, my defense for Byron is that, you know, he ran really well last year. Last year was a bounce-back season for his rookie year. He tore up a lot of cars his rookie year, but so did Jeff Gordon. Um, so Byron bounced back last year, had a great year. It seems like this year – They've been running good at times. It just seems like, you know, bad luck has bit them. And that, that'll happen. It'll happen to veterans. It'll happen to young guys. I mean, how do you, you know, how do you, you know, really, how's it your fault when on a pit stop that, you know, some a valve stem gets knocked off your tire and you, you cut a tire and hit the wall and, you know, really just everything, you know, he's been running in the top five most of the time that he's crashed. So, I mean, you can't really blame the guy. I mean, he got stenhoused at Daytona while running in the top five. I mean, you know, I give by, I give by on a pass. Um, I, I think, you know, he's just run into a, a bit of bad luck. But, you know, with any bad luck, it turns right around into good luck. So I expect yeah, that 24 right. car to get a win this year. The speed they have, if he doesn't yeah. have mistakes, I could see him being top three somewhere and taking advantage of it and getting a win. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with Connor, though, too. I think when you assess the situation with the 24 team, uh, the results aren't really a fair analysis of how well they run. I almost look to a parallel to like Bubba right now. So Bubba and Jerry Baxter have got that 43 dialed in pretty well for given their circumstances. And Bubba's got two weeks in a row now where, you know, uh, well, three weekends now, not in a row, but three and four where hub failure, hub failure, top 10 finish, and then uh, pit road uh, mistake by the team puts him laps down, which is almost couldn't recover from so byron has that same kind of luck he gets in situations where it's like man look at him he's doing pretty well and then up some kind of craziness happens that really isn't his uh in his control so i think if you're going to really look at that 24 team they're doing a lot better than what the results are showing yeah all right so let's get into the folds of honor quick trip 500 it was a cup race at atlanta motor speedway uh, we had Chase Elliott start on the pole from a random drawing, and guys, a little weird. We had the 9, the 9, and the 18 start on the pole. Now, I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist, but someone's got to look into that. <laughs> that, was, that was a little too goofy. Yeah, a little, a little goofy, a little goofy that the 9 started. Skeptical. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's... Uh... 
I don't know. I mean, we don't show the random drawing last week when the nine somehow gets to pull at Atlanta, but we show it this week when, you know, we're going to Martinsville and Blaney's on the pole. So, I don't know. I, I think there was a little bit of lobbying for that nine to be on the pole and, and in his home track with all the momentum going on. It, it only makes sense. But, like, you know, if we're going to put the nine on the pole, let's just say, like, the kid's hot right now. We're going to put him on the pole instead of just being, like, random drawing because anybody anybody has two eyes on the sport knows that, that – uh, uh, that random drawing, I don't know if there was much randomness to it. Especially with the 22 starting third, too, right behind him. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, yep. yeah, it, you know, we'll, we'll never know for sure, but when you think about the way they do the random draws, it's not that unlikely that a guy like Chase Elliott does get the pole position because right. it's based off of your points anyway. So, obviously, Chase is going to be in the, the top echelon of points right now with the way right. he's run, so – but definitely is a little bit of a head scratcher when all that goes around. So controversy, did the stars just align? We'll never know. Who knows? I guess not. And then, guys, we got Jimmy Johnson giving probably one of the most powerful commands to start engines. That was awesome with him that sitting in his ass. car. A lot of energy in it. I loved it. Uh, still not as good as Larry Max, so. <laughs> no. no, yeah, Jimmy giving the command yesterday. There's been, there's only been a few times in Jimmy's career where I've really like smiled and said, "Man, that's awesome." Because for a while, probably for about five or six years of his, you know, championship reign, I was like, "Man, like, can this guy ever catch bad luck?" And then, um, you know, the la- how the last few years have gone and how well he's run lately. You know, him giving an awesome command like that yesterday and leading the charge in the pre-race video we saw um, yesterday. That kind of that put a smirk on my face. I was like, man, that was pretty awesome. Hell yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, that, that was really cool. And then, uh, like you just said, uh, with, the, with the cars stopped on the front stretch before the start of the race for a little moment of silence, a message from the president of NASCAR, Steve Phelps, and a little message to the world about uh, NASCAR's stance on what's going on in the country right now. That was a really nice and powerful yeah, video so that they released. Really nice. The NASCAR do something like that to show their support absolutely needed that. Yeah, I thought it was a huge moment for the sport, you know, especially with events earlier in the year with uh, Mr. Kyle Larson. Um, and then, you know, at that time we talked pretty lengthily about, you know, NASCAR's heritage and some of the stereotypes that kind of stereotypes that kind of follow the sport as far as, you know, just being the redneck sport and, um, it's only for white people from the South and this and that. And the the strides NASCAR's tried to make to break those. And I think this was a huge step in the right direction. Um, I was really surprised to see you had like Deion Sanders and a whole bunch of people outside of our NASCAR community really, you know, having good things to say about NASCAR, which which is new. I mean, we've all kind of talked on here. The only time NASCAR's on ESPN or any of the major outlets is when something stupid happens and they got a chance to be like, oh, pesky rednecks are at it again. So, and you know what? They yeah. probably didn't mention this. Yeah. yeah. No, I heard it. I heard about it on the on uh, ESPN radio today. Um, I saw a bunch of tweets from mainstream media. So really good look for the sport. Really good to take a stand. Now let's keep it going. Let's not, you know, just shy away from this again once the headlines are gone. Let's make sure this sport's inclusive for all fans. Yep. Exactly. Just to piggyback to piggyback off that, like you said, the you know the mainstream media, ESPN, always you know is the first one to to drag us down when we have an incident like Larson happened, and I think the Larson incident definitely set us back in the sport. But I think you know the powerful message that Phelps sent yesterday and the nice gesture of you know all the NASCAR drivers and Bubba wearing 
um, the I can't breathe shirt. I think that kind of propelled us forward and put us back on the right track to where we need to be, where we get that, you know, racist white guy from the South image off of, um, off of the, the NASCAR label. So I'm just damn proud to be a fan of a sport that, uh, that stands up for, um, you know, injustices like that. Yeah. Yeah. And last thing I want to touch on with that really quickly, uh, once again, Results notwithstanding, it's a really proud day to be a, a fan of that driver, that 43. Okay, Bubba, wow. Bubba does it right. Bubba, Bubba has spoken about this and brought it up with such class and grace and elegance that, like I said, just couldn't be prouder to root for that guy week in and week out now. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Exactly, man. All right, guys. And then we get Truex. He goes on to win stage one, and that was his first stage win of the season. We're used <laughs> to this guy's getting those back and forth and to think that was his 40th stage win of his career when they started doing this in 2017. He's got 40 he, stage wins. I think he won wow. like 20 of those in 2017. It yeah. just seemed like the, his championship year stage winner MTJ all the damn yeah. time. My that goodness. was his first one of this year. Yeah, yeah. Crazy that's crazy. To think, crazy to think. And, uh, you know, my buddy said that when he, when he won stage one, that uh, his crew chief was finally like, uh, stage winner MTJ and it and then Truex was like about damn time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like we haven't we haven't heard Clayton Hughes time. in a long time. Yeah, no. 2017 Clayton Hughes was almost like a cult hero. It's like I was doing that because my initials are MTG. So like, even when, like I play NASCAR, ah. I win a stage, I be hanging with my buddy. Stage winner MTG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's encouraging to see those Toyotas have speed again. Yesterday, I think we've. Everybody's all harped on the Toyotas not being like what they were last year. So it was, it was encouraging to see at least three of the four of them, uh, or five of them, I guess, uh, run up front yesterday. They've oh, yeah. been fast. You just you listen to too much media hype. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe I do, but, you know, when, when your organization wins 19 out of the 30-some-odd races, you know, it's hard not to hold that expectation on them. It's hard It's hard to grip reality that that's just not going to happen again, but sometimes you get looped into it. So I'll take the fall for that. <laughs> <laughs> and, guys, we got uh, less than 10 to go in Stage 2. John Hunter Nemechek takes out his teammate, <laughs> Michael McDowell. Man, uh, we were uh, just hyping up Michael McDowell on this show last week. Oh, and man. like Connor said, Connor said it best, he might have made the grade this week. He's still failing the class. <laughs> Uh, well, still fell in the damn class. <laughs> and we just had one last thing to remind us: Hey, John Hunter is still a rookie. Yeah, that's Don't true. Yeah, and he's been looking like a veteran all season. Holy crap! Yeah, we've been praising him up and down, left and right, and you finally got to see a little bit of that uh, lack of experience on Sunday. Exactly. Hey, it's always going to show up uh, one way or another. Oh yeah. All right, guys, and Truex, he goes on to win stage two. That's his second stage win of the season. And we get Boyer. Yeah, he was having trouble with those tires all day. He was ripping them up. But he was going to Boyer, man. He was fast as crap before they ripped up. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think we we found the reason why they were all ripped up. (laughs) (laughs) Johnny Johnny Klossmeyer burning up that left rear or that right rear, man. It's just. Hey, they've had fast cars this year. I will give it to Boyer. He's he's been consistently faster than he was last year on the front Boyer, position. Man. But uh, it seems like they're just a tick off in the setup, uh, or not even really the setup, but just like it's just the little things that knocks them out of races. And usually it's a tire, and that's that's frustrating to see of um, from a Boyer fan. You know, from Boyer fans, that's got to be so frustrating. Oh man, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. 
Exactly. I mean, he shoved it to Martin Truex there in the second, or I guess it was the beginning of the last stage or second stage, no, stage two. And, uh, I mean, Martin Truex was coming up on his outside, and then he was like, no, I'm keeping this damn lead. And he took off, but then his tire woes or whatever. But, yeah. I mean, he was racing his heart out in that 14 car. But in the end, Boyer going Boyer. Boyer going Boyer. Well, <laughs> yeah, Boyer continues. Yep, had to bring it down late. Losing his contention for the win, so that that sucked uh, to see. Because I always like it when Boyer wins; it's always a big party. And... Especially if it was in a bush car, that would have been fabulous. Oh, right? Oh, man. They, they need to put him in the bush car more often. Because uh, I, I think Clint and Kevin are the new Bush brothers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, guys, we get Kevin Harvick going on to win at Atlanta in the corn car. This is his third win at Atlanta. And it was really cool. A lot of people were uh, disappointed he didn't do a burnout, but he did uh, wave the three outside his window, and he did the Polish victory lap for Alan Kowicki. So that, that was a cool moment. Tradition he, for him in Atlanta, man, when he goes to victory lane. He's done it all three times. Yep, and three uh, out the window. I was Mark watching him on uh, Instagram Live today. He was talking with NASCAR on there, and he said he doesn't want to do any burnouts until fans are back at the track because he wants to celebrate with the fans. He did, but he said he doesn't want to do it anymore because he ah. said it just felt so weird. Gotcha. I can see that, but, but it's I still want to say burnout. Yeah. It's just surprising to see that's what his third victory here. Yeah, yeah he's, and so he's led the most pray. laps here ever. <laughs> I just no, feel like doing. he should have about thirteen victories here. Like he is just so good here. You know how many and... I've watched him lose in person? Is just being down the road from the track and having a ticket to the freaking race and watching your driver on TV win the damn thing and just sitting there like, this is bull crap. I mean, yeah. what the hell? Hey, man, you could have pulled, pulled a NASCAR Reddit guy who snuck into the track for a little bit. <laughs> then you'd probably get banned after that. I seen that and I was caught. like, that should have been me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was crazy. I actually saw, you know, when they posted Kevin's uh, Atlanta stats on, on Fox yesterday, and someone made an interesting comment on uh, on Twitter. They were like, I thought they called this guy the closer. And, uh, you know, for most for most instances, it's correct. But Atlanta, for some reason, the dude has led. I, I didn't realize how many laps he actually led there. Yeah. And so I, I saw the stats they posted, and I was like, wow. And he only has, you know, at the time, two wins to show for. It's like, Jesus, man, this, this guy probably should have won here, you know, for the last seven years. That one, Brad, one when they sped on pit road with 12 to go? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, but you know what, though? He definitely was the closer on Sunday. I mean, he had yeah. a weird race. Like, he was he was pretty fast early, and then it seemed like the middle part of the race, he just kind of completely went away. I just remember yeah. sitting there when we were watching it with our group and just kind of being like, man, Harvick really hasn't been too much of a factor here until uh, – and then, yeah, last part of the race, man, he turned it on, and the next thing you know, he got fast, and – he they figured, figured out that setup, man. You know, I figured I, I think that is a quintessential Harvick race. But aside from pre-reconfigured Phoenix, I don't re ever really recall Harvick dominating a race. It seems like he's there early. He shows his hand a little bit early, shows that he has speed. He'll fall back, you know, eighth, ninth, tenth, mid-pack a little bit. And then, you know, late in the race, he'll just charge up there. I've seen it. I can't tell you how many, it, you know, Harvick ones I've been at. But it seems like... Every time I see Harvick win, like, that's the strategy. It's very rare to see him win or, or dominate a race. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You, you guys are two Harvick fans. It depends which you year know, you're I, watching. I guess yeah, so. 
Um, the but, first lap, yeah, I don't know. The first like 2018, he dude, led, he dominated like every race. The first lap he led in Atlanta was his 10,000th lap led was SHR. That's yeah, that's insane. And he did that in six seasons is nuts. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just goes well, to yeah. show, like, you know, switching from RCR to Stewardass Racing, how much that boy improved. Oh, yeah. Well, another thing in the RCR days was they, I mean, regardless of who his crew chief was, he always sucked at qualifying. Very rarely we qualified in the top 10. We'd always start, you know, 20th, 25th, 30th, and the car would be badass fast and race trim. But then he'd plug his way and get all the way up there. And then by the end of the damn race, he'd pass him for the lead. And they'd be like, the closer. And it's like, yeah, yeah if we just start. How the nickname front, is born. Up there. Yep. Yeah. I think uh, that and also I think when he got rid of that damn truck team um, and was able to put his focus more on cup. And I don't know, maybe maybe there is uh, one other full time cup driver that should get rid Luna. of a damn truck team, too. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Oh, That's a good man. One. And then, guys, before we close out the show, we did have uh, Bubba Wallace. We did see him. Uh, he fainted a little bit with his teammates. Uh, and it looked like he was uh, good to go. He did an interview with Jamie Little, and he passed out again. I was watching that live on TV. That was a little scary to watch there. Yeah, it was really scary. Yeah, we were like, oh, oh, oh. For, so for anybody who says that race car drivers aren't athletes after seeing something like that can just yep. go screw themselves because I would love to see them get into that hot race car with those slick conditions because race car drivers lose like 10 to 13 pounds per race by sweating it off. So, yeah, at the end of that race, it, good, glad to see Bubba okay. But, yeah, for anybody who says that race car drivers aren't athletes, so. Yeah, I, I agree. I would challenge you to go look at quite a few drivers, Corey LaJoy, Jimmy Johnson, Denny Hamlin, a few others. I think maybe even Bubba. I can't remember off the top of my head. But they put, like, their, their like, um, fitness app stats up from the race. Like, 3,000 calories burned, uh, you know, resting heart rate of the race, resting at, like, 140 BPM. Yeah. Maxed out between 170 and 190, depending on the driver. <laughs> Just what the, 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 what they and then you you factor in the heat and the humidity and the, the the temperatures inside the car. It's like just to endure all that and to drive a stock car at such a high level. It's like what are we talking about anymore? Right. Yeah. Although really I, I would not recommend eating McDonald's before getting into a race car for five hundred miles right. <laughs> or drinking Coca Cola. Right. Yeah. What, what really sucks is uh, you know. When uh, Jamie Little was getting to, you know, the part of the interview that I think we all wanted to hear, which was she was asking about the pre-race stuff, and that's, and I, for me personally, I was really interested to hear what he thought about all that, and you know, because he's been so vocal about, um, you know, the current events going on in the world over the past week and a half and stuff. So I was very uh, interested to hear his take on that, and it sucks that you know he, you know, kind of gave out right then at that moment. But uh, yeah, man, dude, these these. NASCAR drivers, they're they're world class athletes. You know, I think nothing pissed me off more when Donovan McNabb Donovan McNabb got up on Fox and he was like, Oh, uh, you like laughed it off. He's like, Race car drivers aren't athletes and I'm like Donovan McNabb, have you seen yourself? Like, buddy. Yeah. Like, you you always played overweight. If anybody like I think these NASCAR drivers sweat more in practice than you ever did in your career standing back there in the pocket throwing a pass. So um yeah. <laughs> The, the, our drivers are, are definitely athletes. Um, if not, they, I mean, I think they compete up there in like, you know, the highest form of 
you know, fitness because of, you know, what their bodies go through and, you know, the physique of their bodies. I mean, think of, think of guys like Casey Kane and how fit he is. I mean, you know, we, of course you got guys like Casey Kane and then you got guys like Tony Stewart, but Mike Harmon. Mike Harmon. I draw this parallel quite a bit with other stuff. And I think it's true again. It's like the NASCAR drivers remind me a little bit of baseball players in this aspect. And the fact that there aren't very many, if any, uh, Major League Baseball players, there there are a few, but just like NASCAR, there aren't like a whole slew of guys that are built up that look like Usain Bolt. They're just like the Adonis type, the monster shoulder caps, these rocking arms, this and that. You've got some guys that are sculpted, but they're built for the endurance. Like NASCAR, like baseball, is it's endurance-based. That's what makes it tough. I mean, baseball, you, it's every day. You're out there playing, practicing, and people, unless you've done it and unless you're around baseball, you don't realize what that's like to go through. Every day something hurts. Every day something's bothering you. Every day something's not right. You're never 100%. And I would almost guarantee you it's the same way for NASCAR drivers. Because look about look at all the wear and tear and fatigue these guys just put on their body on Sunday. Oh, guess what? We turn around and do it on Wednesday again. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. They are athletes for sure. All right, guys. So I think that'll do it for our race review for the stock car spectacle. I'm Ian Jordson. I'm Mike Gamble. I'm Nick Kenzel. I'm Connor Bond. I'm Dakota Rutledge. And guys, hey. make sure make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to follow our good old buddy Connor on Twitter and Instagram as well. Make sure to follow Dakota Rutledge. We got a great Instagram and Twitter account. Yeah. Wait, hold on, real fast. If he won't plug it, I'll plug it for him. Dakota also does an awesome YouTube series periodically called At the Line. He oh. kicks ass on it. Check it out. I wasn't just going to put that in there, but yeah, check out my weekly show I try to do when I'm not working too much. It's called At The Line, and it's on YouTube, and I'll blast it on Twitter and Instagram. For sure. There you go, and you, and you stream on Twitch, too, with NASCAR oh. Heat. Yeah, if y'all want to follow me on Twitch on Friday nights, we go live at 10 p.m. Uh, you can watch me cuss and yell and about racing all these dudes that are way better than me. Hey, watch your language, man. Way better than me. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there, man. We're getting there. Yeah, plug it away. Guys, make sure to follow our good old buddy uh, Patrick Cotto with the Cotto's Mojo podcast. Follow our friends at Ashland Heddens Racing. Uh, hopefully they should be starting up here soon this summer at Grundy County and up in Wisconsin. So that'll do it for us at the Stock Car Spectacle. Thanks for watching. Make sure to check out our shows next week.